This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9, it's 7.06, Friday, the 1st of December, and you're listening to The Morning Run with Philip C. Anwar Mabo, and I'm Wong Xiaoning. Now, as usual, we have a rather interesting day, but in the first 30 minutes, or at least the next 30 minutes, we'll be discussing what's causing the sky-high prices of cocoa, and what does that mean for chocolates. But in the meantime, let's recap how global markets closed yesterday. Well, Xiaoning, it was a decent day last night, US markets. Dow was up 1.5%, S&P 500 was up 0.4%, but the Nasdaq was down 0.2%. For Asian markets, however, the Nikkei was up 0.5%, Hang Seng was up 0.3%, the Shanghai Composite was up 0.3%, but the SDI was down 0.4%, and the FBM KLCI, our very own, was up 0.5%. So, for some insights on where international markets are heading, we speak to Tim Mahalan, president of TJM Limited in Chicago. Tim, can you hear us? Because the US stock market, amazing month, one of the best rallies we've seen, especially for the S&P 500 for the month of November. Do you think this rally has legs all the way to year end? I think you could be as bad as you want right now because <laughs> Santa probably is going to come anyway. <laughs> but uh, no, actually, the market looks like there's uh, flows right now. Liquidity and flows uh, are such that I think you're going to probably rally at least in the first through the first half. I do think next year is going to be a little bit different because uh, you've really had this rally. Um, you know, lately you've had a little more breath to it. But I think what you've pretty much seen is that, uh, you know, it's still been a pretty narrow rally and earnings, by the way are nothing to really write home about if you take out some of those big tech names. Now, I know they dominate the indexes and, you know, there's not, you know, they're good companies, but valuation is what really has been leading this uh, this rally, not so much earnings. So I think it's, you know, you had a strong year. There's a lot of liquidity. There's talking about this uh, soft landing, uh, whatnot, and inflation for right now coming down all the way to three and a half percent. You know, why not? But I mean, I think it's going to be a different story after this year. But I don't want to fight this one coming into uh, year end at all. Now, Tim, U.S. 10-year yields have fallen below 4.3% and have tumbled over 55 basis points in the past month. Now, is this an indicator that the markets are pricing rate cuts from the Fed sooner rather than later? This is, I think, the seventh time that the market's been trying to, I guess, lead the Fed. And, you know, the prior six times have been wrong. This time you've seen yields fall from 5%, although you did have a good con- some convexity working for you at 5%, but you have had from 5% to 4.3%. I think, where were we a year ago? You know, probably below 4%. So I think what you're looking at here is a, I think a market, nobody wants to get left behind on reinvestment. Mm-hmm. But I think the structural deficit that we have and the structural treasury uh, shortfall and borrowing that we have, borrowing needs that we have, along with the fact that I think you're seeing a lot of slack in foreign demand for treasuries. I, I, I'm not a buyer of bonds here. And also, I know there's talk about a recession, but there's anything but signs of a recession here in the U.S. Yeah. Do you have a distinction that what the Fed should do versus the Fed, what the Fed would do then? 
I think the Fed is going to hold steady. I don't think they're going to succumb. You know, I mean, the Fed's mandate isn't to boost asset prices. Mm. And quite frankly, you know, I mean, people, asset prices are doing okay right now by the magnificent seven. But quite frankly, if they were to lower rates and raise asset prices, that doesn't seem in their mandate. And they have no reason to lower rates right now. I know that there's some very smart people saying otherwise. These same very smart people, most of them, except for Bill Ackman, have been saying this uh, for quite some time. So I, I think that what we're missing here is the fact that you're going to see, you see a trillion dollars, uh, at least annualized right now in interest. It's ahead of defense and on its path to even overtake Medicare as the number one item on the uh, on the budget. Mm. And you know, you're borrowing to finance the interest payments. I, I don't know how much sense that makes. So, Tim, let's remind our audience actually what the Fed mandate is. There are two. One, of course, is em- keep a full employment. And the second one is to get inflation down to 2%. But where rates are, none of this is being achieved either. So where does the Fed go from here? See, you're, you hit the nail right on the head. Where they go, they sit tight right now, I think mm-hmm. is what they do. And, you know, you're going to see the inflation. There's been some year-ago comparisons that made inflation. Now, let me just put this in perspective. People think inflation's coming down. It's actually prices are up 18% since 2020 in the U.S., overall price levels. So, yes, you're only raising, but off that base, you're rising, what, 3%? Thank goodness we're not rising at the pace we were last year. But the comparisons now coming in the next year are going to be a little different. So I'm not so certain this inflation scenario is going to play out the way the market expects. But let's face it, most people in this market have never experienced inflation. you got to be old like me. <laughs> so I qualify too, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. I think I, I, think I, I started in 1981. <laughs> but anyway, that aside... <laughs> I think it's a good point. Hi, Tim. Given the prospect of falling yields and rising equities, now how should investors allocate their portfolio that takes into account these inflationary trends alongside the uncertainty of geopolitical events? Well, I mean, geopolitical events, we've actually done quite well despite the geopolitical events because I don't think they've played out. But you never know about those. It was an election year coming up. Um, you know, it's... Uh, yeah, it's it's hard to say. Like I, I think a stock like Amazon, for example, you know, that's a that to me is one of the greatest stories in these AI stocks and so forth. Even though their valuations are very high, I think that's okay. But what you're probably looking at in the U.S. is probably a market that's really overvalued. And I've said this for so mm. many years. You guys are going to kill me, but I think the EM market and the EM bonds have been like on a tear here lately. But I think a lot of the EM markets are still are going to have their due here uh, coming up. And largely in my also, I think, because I think you're going to see a softer dollar also. Guess who's not having their dues paid? Uh, investment bankers, because US IPOs have raised only $23.64 billion this year. Far cry from 2021, right? Explain the paucity in public listings in US markets then. Well, 2021, you had the entire market rallying. And this one, I believe you've had the uh, um, equal weighted index, uh, if I'm not, you know, you've had the S&P index up, what, uh, 20% almost, 18%. You've had the equal weighted index up, what, 3% maybe? Um, you know, so you the broad market has not really rallied. And to me, that, I think a lot of some IPOs here, they're not, I don't think they're seeing the pricing and I don't think there's really the demand. All anybody wants right now is the index. And in the index, you have, what, 25, 30% of the index? 30% of the index is dominated by 
what, seven, five stocks and 25% of their earnings. Uh, I think that might have something to do with it as well. And the demand for IPOs, I'm not sure is there. Why why, why go out in the limb and spec, you mm-hmm. know, when you got the behemoths that are just uh, printing money? I've got to ask you about oil. It fell more than 2%, at least uh, Brent crude did. It's 80 US dollars a barrel. This despite the fact that Saudi, Russia and other OPEC member plus mem- uh, members are agreeing to some cuts of nearly 2 million barrels a day. What, what's the reason for this? Shouldn't, shouldn't prices move the other way? Well, I think they probably will. I mean, I'm, I'm not a seller down here, but I think what you're looking at, and the same would hold true for copper as well, mm. I think is the demand story. So the supply situation to me looks very friendly, but I think what the, the issue here, what they're really probably trading off of right now is the uh, demand uh, with a lot of people still, I mean, there's a lot of smart people saying we're going to fall off a cliff next year if the Fed doesn't lower rates. And I, I, don't, I mean, I, I don't get it, but I think you're seeing a demand story there probably more so than the supply story. All right. Thank you so much for your time. That was Tim Mahalan, president of TJM Limited in Chicago, saying that rates don't expect people to, and don't expect the Fed to be so aggressive when it comes to cutting, not yet anyway, because it hasn't achieved its mandates. Yeah, well, so much talk about even cuts taking place as early as quarter one this year, next March, year. March, yeah, March next I've year. I've seen, yes, the, that has, there are That's some been the pronouncements made so far yeah. on that, so let's see whether that happens. Well, for the month of December, Jerome Powell is due to speak twice. There is one more Fed meeting, and then I think he has another public engagement, so of course, Fed hawks, I call them watchers, you know, like bird mm. watchers with binoculars. <laughs> They'll be pouring over every Every single word and sentence and comparing every single thing that he said in the last two months for hints of where the Fed is going. I was very keen to see whether we're going to see a bond market rally next year because the expectation was a bond market rally followed by equities Mm. that follows after that, right? I'm just quite keen how that plays out in your portfolio. We shall see. Uh, But let's turn our attention to one of the largest, I would say, consumer PC makers, um, Dell, because they actually reported third quarter revenue below estimates due to slower than expected recovery in its hard and software market. This is the sixth consecutive decline in personal computer shipments from July to September due to weak spending by its key enterprise customer base owing to this sluggish economy, although I think Nasdaq missed that memo. Now, unfortunately, revenue was driven by weaker sales. The first fiscal third quarter sales fell 10% to $22.3 billion. Analysts on average had estimated $23 billion. So Dell is more popular for its PC business. And Dell has attracted interest, investor interest this year due to a sparking demand for high-powered servers used to run artificial intelligence workloads. Revenue of this part of the business rose 9% sequentially, and server revenue was about $4.66 billion in the quarter, compared with Annie's average estimate of $4.43 billion. Well, it's not alone, right? <clears throat> I mean, many of its peers also ex- uh, showed similar results. and That's why you've seen PC makers being better in the past 18 months as fundamentally the issue here being demand, right? It's created post-pandemic and also... We'd expected some boost from China and that has not materialized. You know, I know it's a very interesting point you made that, you know, that little bright glimmer is perhaps those high powered servers driven yes. by AI, but it's just not big enough, right, for someone like Dell to contribute to its total numbers. But you know, you've got this, you know, what we just said sounded really like negative, right? Yeah. Yet the share price is up 88% mm. on a year-to-date basis. Now, they're the, the outlook already, they're saying that, you know, they're only going to go 3.5%. But seems to be that's enough to convince 14 analysts to call a buy on this stock. Four holes, 
three sales. Guess what? Consensus target price is below current share price, right? It's 74 US dollars and 76 cents. During regular market hours, it was up 81 cents to 75 dollars and 87 cents. Does this mean that analysts are going to look so far ahead beyond the current uh, results and look six months, 12 months in anticipation for an actual recovery yes, in PC yes. demand? Because there's a cycle, right? We all use our computers maybe nowadays three years, five mm-hmm. years. Yes, absolutely. Refresh. And I think you're right, you know, because maybe that's the reason, right, that you think about the pandemic, there was a whole whole replacement. We are in this natural valley now. So perhaps there's an upside potential you see in six months, one year's time. Well, we shall be watching this space. Uh, let's see whether personal computer, anything related to that, uh, those proxies will see a recovery in share price. But up next, we're going to cover the top stories in newspapers and portals this morning. Stay tuned for that. BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.